Hey, it's Mitch Ben here, and are we still confined to barracks? Who the hell knows? Yeah, the rules are all getting a bit garbled, so, you know, pay attention to the rules, but pay more attention to the virus. Hello, folks. Uh, here today to discuss with me interesting things to do while we're stuck indoors is oh, one of the best people I know. Uh, you may know her from her many books. You may know her from the telly. You may know her from the radio. You may know her as, like me, a celebrity mastermind winner. You may know her as, very much unlike me, a celebrity master chef winner. It's my old pal, Emma Kennedy. Emma, how are you holding up? I'm doing all right, actually. I mean, I'm very lucky because I've got, uh, you know, a garden and I live in a village and I've been able to go walking with dogs and and do all of that. And the weather's been nice. And on one level, it, it's felt that it's it, it's been kind of nice in a way and, and the, the slowing down of life and the no traffic and no planes in the air and, and all of that has been rather sort of healing and and lovely but pretty much everyone who relies on creating creative content everything is sort of shut down and the i think the anxiety of that which is an anxiety that i know is is very common amongst our community at the moment um has sort of tempered my enjoyment of the no planes in the sky and and etc etc M, darling do you have any suggestions for the poor old cloistered folks at home with regards yeah. to fun things to do while we're all locked up we usually start with books yes i've got two books for you mitch okay the first one is a very 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 funny book um that won the 2019 uh, woodhouse prize for comic fiction and i thought uh you're your listeners might enjoy it. And it's Reasons to be Cheerful by Nina Stead. Okay. Um, this is the the third in her Lizzie Vogel uh, series. Lizzie Vogel is just an extraordinary uh, comedic uh, character. Um, uh, and I think the first book was Men at the Helm, the second book was Paradise Lodge, and, and this one, Reasons to be Cheerful, is, is the third in this series. So Lizzie Vogel is now 18, and she has got a new job as a dental assistant. The process of her getting the job is is really, really, really properly, properly funny. She sort of she talks herself into it. She doesn't know anything about teeth at all on any level. And but she gets the job and she gets the flat above um, the dental surgery, uh, which she is contractually obliged to let the dentist do a poo in every day. <laughs> And it's just a brilliant, brilliant book. It's she, you know, she's shy, she's awkward, uh, she's adorable. It's sort of like if Victoria Wood had ever written a book. It's set in 1980. Right. Um, she has left uh, the, the small village that she lives in to go to the big city, which in this instant is Leicester. Right. Um, and um, she has this, it's all about this incredible relationship that she also has with her alcoholic nymphomaniac novel writing mother, which sounds depressing, but it's not. It's absolutely hilarious. And it's just wonderful. And, and the, the dentist is a great comedic character. He's just an abomination of a man who's obsessed with, with, with getting into the Freemasons. But I thoroughly <laughs> recommend it. And it's one of those rare things. 
um, in a novel where you are properly, properly laughing out loud. So that's my first recommendation. That's wonderful. What's the author's name again? Nina Stibb. And if that's the third Lizzie Vogel book, what are the first two called? Do you remember? The, yeah, the first one is called uh, Man at the Helm and the second one is Paradise Lodge. Right, excellent. I may need to check all three of those out. Those sound great. But I tell you what you'll love more, Mitch. What's is, this? It's my second book I'm recommending to you, which when I say the title, you will, you will probably curl your lip up and think, what on earth is she talking about? Now, this book is called The Quest for Queen Mary. Okay. And it's by someone called James Pope Hennessy, and it's, it's a non-fiction book. And it's a book about a book. So... In 1959, James James Pope Hennessy uh, wrote an authorised biography of Queen Mary. As in wife of George V? Yes. And because it was authorised, it was obviously very polite. Yeah. And it was very watered down. Yeah. And what he did uh, while he was researching that biography is is he went round interviewing royals and minor royals and people associated with royals and people (laughs) who worked for the royals and he wrote all those interviews down in notebooks and he told his publishers that the contents of those notebooks were not to be made public for 50 years right and these and those notebooks are what this book is it is what? the most gloriously indiscreet book you will ever read in your life. And it's, all, it's, it's, got, it, it's wildly indiscreet. It's hilarious. It's bitchy. The footnotes alone are absolutely hilarious. So that, that one, one of my favourite uh, moments in it was when um, he discovered that the Queen of Sweden uh, always carries a note in her handbag that reads, I am the Queen of Sweden, <laughs> uh, which, which, which she had in her handbag in case she was run over by a car. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing, it sort of builds to this brilliant comedic uh, peak when he goes to stay with the permanently drunk Duke of Gloucester. Right. It's, abs- it's absolutely phenomenal. It's That's phenomenal. Awesome. You'll really enjoy it. It's it's one of those books where you look at it and you think, oh, whatever, I'm not never going to be interested in that. And it's an absolute riot from start to finish. It's, just, imagine, it's, it's just about mad posh people. Yes. It's <laughs> properly mad posh people. Some of, I'll be honest, some of these podcasts I come away with varying degrees of enthusiasm to check out the recommendations myself, but I think I'm going to I think I'm going to get on these like a cheap suit. These sound fantastic. <laughs> it's called The Quest for Queen Mary. The Quest for Queen Mary. Right. So that makes it sound like they're trying to refloat the ship. And the Lizzie Vogel trilogy, the third of which is called um, Reasons uh, to be Tearful by Nina Stibb. Nina Stibb, yeah, S-T-R-C-B-E. S-T-I-B-B-E, fantastic. Well, I don't know about you folks, but I'm going to go and have a look for those. And while you're here, Em, you've been known to write the odd book yourself. I have, yes. Feel free to give a plug to whichever or all of those you fancy. Um, I suppose for your audience, um, it would be erroneous if I did not mention The Tent, The Bucket and Me. 
yeah. which is uh, my book about my my family's disastrous attempts to go on holiday in the 1970s. I think that one's the most the most appropriate for your listeners. How many books have you written now, Ed? Ten. Oh my word. Well, hang on, is it eleven? No, I think. Well, I mean, it sounds oh, to me like. No, it's no, sorry, I've written eleven. I've written eleven. The eleventh is coming out in is the one that's coming out in March. You've written eleven of which ten are out. Yes. So those are your book recommendations. Do you have any audio recommendations for us? Yes. Podcast, um, yes, radio, I do. whatever. I do. Now th- this um this was out a couple of years ago, but I think if if you haven't heard it. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. And it's a podcast called The Rat Line. Did you did you hear this? No, I did not. Oh, Mitch, it's amazing. So um, the barrister and writer, Philippe Sands, yeah. uh, went off to investigate uh, a senior Austrian Nazi um, called Otto von Wachter who uh, was indicted for mass murder and escaped justice. And um, it's 10 episodes long, and it's it's a slowly unravelling story about what actually happened to Otto, where he was. So to explain, the rat line um, was the post-war Nazi escape routes that were set up uh, to get them out of Europe. Yeah. so the, the series on one level is just the story of Otto von Wachter and what happened to him. Yes. But it's but it's really about Philippe's friendship with Otto's son Horst. Now Horst, of course, is the son of a Nazi, yeah. and and Philip Philippe Sands is the son of a, a, a Jewish man who was um, who was in the Holocaust. Yeah. So it's this it's this unlikely friendship between these two people, but it, it's yep. also about watching how the son, who is in complete denial as to what or who his father was, sort of gradually comes round to to uh, well, I, I won't ruin anything, but it's no. it's about it's about life, it's about love, it's about murder, it's about denial, um, and it, it's about a curious death. And it's one of those um, podcasts where, like, like Serial. I don't know if you ever heard Serial. I, was, I didn't, but I knew about it. Yeah. Okay, but so it's one of those podcasts where you get to the end of the episode and you just want to hear the next one because it's wow. it's like click clip and you know cliffhanger 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 cliffhanger. It's absolutely brilliantly done. Serial was the first podcast that sort of everyone started going, "Oh my God, have you heard? Are you listening to Serial?" Yeah, but again, because it had that cliffhanger element of after each um, episode. The, the the first the first series of Serial um, is 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 about a, an investigative journalist who is um, who thinks there has been a miscarriage of justice. It's about a boy who is in jail for having murdered um, his girlfriend, and the whole series is about whether or not he actually did it. it absolutely gripping the evolution of the podcast as a form is endlessly fascinating to me one of the things i think is particularly telling about you know the speed with which things change these days is of course by the time the podcast became a sort of an established medium its name was already a complete 
anachronism mm. because it's it's named after a bit of hardware that nobody uses anymore. <laughs> See, I love I, this is why I love you so much because you know these small, completely pointless facts. So that one's called the Rat Line. Is that two separate Rat words? Line? Yeah. yeah. Excellent, the Rat Line. I should definitely check that one out as well. Um, is that all you got for podcast no. audio? Uh, that is for audio. Yes, I've got I've got some 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 two weird things on TV. If if Excellent. if you're a sucker if you're a sucker like me for uh, real life documentaries involving crime, right? So have you seen Don't Fuck with Cats? I've heard the title. I'm a bit nervous about it because one thing which my girlfriend cannot stand mm. is cruelty to cats. Okay. On any level, we were okay. watching a, we were watching a horror movie last night called Hush, uh, which is one of the earlier efforts by Mike Flanagan, who's since gone on to be one of the uh, the world's great horror directors. And there is a moment in it, a slight spoiler alert. There's a moment in it where it looks like the bad guy's about to do something hideous to a cat, and she actually got up and left the room. Yeah, you know, pe- people I- had been eviscerated up till this point in this movie, you know, I- uh, but. There well, comes a moment when, when, and she, and she actually just had to get up and leave the room because she thought something bad was going to happen to a cat. So if, if bad things happen to cats in this thing, this may be something I have to watch on my own. Well, uh, bad things do happen to two kittens. Right. Um, and this is what sparks this whole thing off. So what, what happened? This is real life. This is ha- happened. This actually happened. Right. So s- someone. Uh, put two kittens in a vacuum pack and killed them on uh, on the internet. And right. this and some people who love cats, like your girlfriend, yes. uh, and lots of other people who love cats, were so incensed and enraged by what they had seen that they made it their mission to try and find out who this guy was. I think it's about six part series. But it's about these the this this online community of essentially amateur detectives trying to find out who this guy was. And then they find out who the guy was and then they they discover that he kills a person. Wow. And it, it's the it's just it's mind blowing. It's absolutely mind blowing. And then it, it's all about that, and they're all about them trying to persuade the police they're not mental people. That's just one question about that. Uh, do you actually see the kittens get suffocated? No, that that Good. is that that is um, that they you, you see the the kittens in the bag, but you don't see anything more than that. Right. Okay. Cool. Because yeah, I don't think it's even I up. would. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that's 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 good. Okay, excellent. Because it is weird if you want to motivate the mob against it. Because do you remember the woman who stuck the cat in the wheelie bin? Yes. In public enemy number one in this country for about a month. Yes. 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 It, it's one of those. It's one of those programs where you put on episode one and you won't leave. You won't get off your sofa until you've finished the series. But there, but there's an even better one in that sort of ilk. Like if you if if you're a fan of shows like Making a Murderer and things like that. Right. Right. Um, right. There is an amazing one that's called The Jinx. Right. And I think you can now only see this on YouTube. If, if, you, if you Google The Jinx, um, it is, again, it is a documentary series. 
and uh, it is about a documentary crew who are following around this, this real estate heir. He's a phenomenally wealthy man. I think he might even be a billionaire um, called Robert Durst. And oh, yeah. He uh, was accused of murder and got off. And, oh, gosh, how much can I say to you? <laughs> I can't really say much to you, but... I think I've heard a fair bit about this. I think, I think part of it, it involves an accidental hot mic confession, doesn't it? Yes. It, yes. The, the very final moments of the jinx are the most chilling things I think I've ever seen on a wow. screen. Have you watched Last Dance on Netflix? No. Oh, no, Last Dance. It's brilliant. It's all about Michael Jordan, the, the basketball player. Oh, yes, yes, of course. And, I have heard about it, yes. And the, and the final 1998 um, series, but it sort of it spans his uh, all of his career, but it, it's really fantastic and brilliantly done, and I thoroughly recommend that if you're if you're into that sort of thing. But, I mean, I'm, I'm not into sport, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's not necessarily... If the story's compelling enough, I don't think you necessarily have to be that interested in the sport that the no. story's about. No, it's about dra- it's drama. It's, it's, yeah. it's just drama from start to finish. It's really great. To hark back to the Queen Mary book that we were talking about a minute ago, uh, of all the things that popped up on Netflix, the one that I was the most astonished to find myself absolutely hooked on was The Crown. I am at best agnostic about the royal family. I am neither string the buggers up nor God bless her majesty. Yeah, and I'm fairly well read up on my 20th century history, and I pretty well, pretty much already knew all the important bits. Yeah, and I'm thinking, why can I not stop watching this damn show? And, <laughs> and part of it was the performances. The performances are incredible. The casting is ingenious. Mm. Like for the first two seasons, Prince Philip is played by Matt Smith. Yes, um, and it's this mm-hmm. rather sort of a weirdly adorably goofy Prince Philip. Claire Foy is the queen for the first, thing, and then Olivia takes over in, in in season three, and of course it's just brilliant because she's brilliant and everything. But little ingenious bits of side casting, like for the first series, Churchill is John Lithgow, yeah, which you would never think of in a million years, and he's perfect. JFK turns up in season two, and it's Michael C. Hall, Dexter. And in the next series, the thing that everybody's bracing themselves for feeling incredibly conflicted about is Gillian Anderson is turning up as Margaret Thatcher. Um, I can say she, she told me she was going I to... I know she's a mate of yours, yes. And, 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 I, and I... It's very often I'm rendered speechless. <laughs> but when she said to me, I'm going to be playing Margaret Thatcher, I, I just... It was my jaw just dropped to the... I mean, what did you say? Would you yeah, say yeah. to practically the most beautiful woman on the planet that she's going to play Margaret Thatcher? Yeah, but if you actually look at, if you look at the bone structure and imagine her with the hair, and if she can do the voice, and Gillian can probably do the voice, it's just you know. Of course, my initial reaction, as with every nerd on the planet, was, "Don't make me fancy Thatcher." Um, How many people do you think are going to have a grabby rub to Margaret Thatcher now? <laughs> It's really disturbing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Most <laughs> of us for the first time. Um, but not by, by no means all of us. Do you know what, though? I'm just glad that finally, finally, yes. uh, the young Conservatives can really, really knock one out. <laughs> They've been waiting for the excuse for 40 it's years. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the phrase we're looking for. <laughs> yes, 
finally it's safe to not um, want out the thatch. <laughs> Anywho. I'm going to have to put the explicit sticker on this one, aren't I? <laughs> Anywho. Any any road up. So there, those are your tellies. Um, yeah. Have you, right, final, last but by no means least, can you, I almost dread to ask, can you recommend a useful thing to do, an improving activity, or just a, a good way to spend your time just to help keep body and soul together uh, while we're all under siege? Yes, making Lego. Lego! Yes. <laughs> Lego! Yeah, Lego! Yeah. You, you like you some Lego, don't you, Em? Uh, I, uh, I didn't realise how much I loved Lego. It was completely by accident uh, just over a year ago. And it was Christmas, and uh, my uh, nephew had been given a little a little kit for Christmas, and no one was would help him make it. And he came to me, he said, "Will you help me make it, please?" And I said, "Yes, of course I will." And I started on it, and I just went to an extreme place of Zen. I've it was extraordinary. My mind, because you you might have this, but my my mind just goes at a hundred miles an hour all the time. I find oh, it. Oh yeah. I find it very difficult to, to dial it down. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I just, uh, it was just like the world went quiet all around me while I was doing it. And I came away from that thinking and I came home and I thought, and I couldn't stop thinking about how much I had enjoyed doing the Lego. And <laughs> I think I casually mentioned it on Twitter and, and Lissa Evans, the, the novelist, uh, tweeted me and said, oh, this is a lovely kit. Why don't you try this? And it was the camper van. And, uh, oh, it was a W camper van. Yeah, it, oh. we, we, which I now fondly refer to as the gateway drug to Lego <laughs> uh, for adult fans of Lego. And so I, I ordered it and I, and I made the camper van and I couldn't have loved it. It just simply wasn't possible to love doing something more. And, um, but the thing that really kicked off everything that I've done subsequently with it was um, I was given the Ghostbusters firehouse to build oh. um, last year. I got, yeah, I got it on my birthday last year. And that was that was that really. And I started do- filming because I was so overexcited about it. I started just doing little two minute films of what I had done that day and putting it on Twitter. And someone just said, please, please, will you film it in real time? And so that's what I started doing. So now I I film an hour of me building Lego every day in real time, which is which is quite unusual. Because if you look for like Lego videos, on, they're, time-lapsed. they're, they're yeah. always they're always time lapse. No, no one does them in real time because it's it's madness. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, so I'm, YouTube, I, do you know YouTube is full of people close mic'd while they eat, all right? Yeah, and apparently I, I, um, people find this yeah, weirdly therapeutic. Right. So as far as I'm concerned, watching someone make Lego is far more helpful. I'm I'm like, you know those programs, that the, the slow programs where you're just sitting watching a, a train dri- drive or, yeah. or, you know, that you know those ones that are on um, BBC4 every now and again? I'm the equivalent of that, but for Lego. <laughs> so you're, not, you're, you're now the real-time Lego lady, as well as everything else. 
I, I'm actually rebuilding the, the Ghostbusters Firehouse right now as we speak, actually, because the uh, the viewers of my YouTube channel, they voted for what they wanted me to do in there, and they wanted to see me build the Ghostbusters Firehouse from scratch. So it took me four hours to take it apart. That's how big a thing it was. And, um, and I'm, on, I'm on hour 29. Oh, my word. Yeah. What? Building the Ghostbusters Firehouse. Hour 29 is going up later today, yeah. 30 hours to build the Ghostbusters Firehouse. Well, I mean, the, I, the thing is, I, I could probably do it a lot quicker, but because, yeah. because I'd taken all the bits apart, I have to then find the part I need, and also while whilst reading out club business that has been sent in from people who watch it. So it's, it's all consuming, but we go at a lovely slow pace. So clubs, so there's, there's, you, you, you have you have members now yes. of your yes. the Lego Society. The, the Applewack Gang, yes, adult fans of Lego who are chums, yes, <laughs> and and we have the, the there's a man called Mr Graham Triggs, uh, right. who is the official referee. He's the VAR of. Uh, I get the impression that the Mister is very important to him. <laughs> very very important, um, and. <laughs> And he, he gives adjudication, so like occasionally I will ask for an adjudication from Mr. Graham Tree. I mean, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Uh, but, you know, so, what is the thing? Such are the times we live in. There's space for everything now. Yeah. I mean, the stuff that you can do and actually have people what? Look, imagine trying to get that commissioned in the 90s. No, <laughs> it's just no, 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 Even Channel no. 5 wouldn't have had that. It would never, ever, ever happen. <laughs> Three in the morning on Channel 5, you wouldn't have got that on. I'm going to build Lego for an hour. Yeah, for an hour, every day. Every day, while people very, discuss that. Very well, that shows an extraordinary commitment of time. Is that something, I mean, are you going to be sort of in, in, in danger of hugely disappointing your legions of Lego fans if lockdown ends and you're not going to have an hour a day to build Lego? Well, I mean, what I was doing before lockdown, I, I mean, I was, I was, I was, doing an hour pretty pretty regularly but not every day um but i would just get up really early and do it first thing in the morning if i had to go into london or something I, i'm very committed mm-hmm. and i i feel a, a sense of, of I, I'd, I'd steer away from the word committed in this conversation if I were you. um but i <laughs> i do i do weirdly um uh, feel a great sense of responsibility because what's obviously happened and and more so over lockdown is is that I've I get lots of messages from people who now just completely rely on it in terms of the, it's the only interaction they will have with other human beings that day um and 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 I work very hard on on giving it a proper a feel of of that that the, there are members of the gang and they you know yeah. they're mentioned every day and I've given them all characters and I've I've built minifigures for all the regulars and I you know it's it is it is a really lovely gentle enjoyable silly thing that's what it is it's it is lovely and silly well that's what the internet's all about isn't it let's be honest yeah Doing stuff like that that you just there was no there was no space to do it in until relatively recently, yeah. you know. But, but it's it's but also it's it's interesting. Again, it's another one of those things that 
that the lockdown has thrown up that we never knew we needed or indeed one of the, you know, in, in much the same way that the lockdown has kind of at least temporarily gotten rid of a bunch of things that we didn't know we didn't need, mm-hmm. like the rush hour. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the lockdown has introduced us to all kinds of stuff that we never realized we wanted before. And maybe, Maybe the the Church of Lego is one of those things. Church of Lego, the Church of Lego. I mean, I'd go. <laughs> what do you mean go? You're the Pope. <laughs> I am Pope of Lego. Yeah, you wouldn't go anywhere. They're going to come to you. That's the way it's going to work. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, it has been, as it always is, an absolute joy. Oh, uh, it's been lovely. I hope you enjoy those books. I, I intend I intend to dive into them feet first. Thank you. My pleasure. Emma Kennedy, genuinely one of my favourite people. And we're actually working on something together at the moment, which I am not at liberty to discuss. Oh, very exciting. I haven't had one of those for a long time. Yeah, folks, the instructions from on high are getting increasingly more conflicted and garbled. And, you know, far be it from me to suggest that we have a disingenuous government that does bad things for bad reasons or that they might be encouraging us all to take unnecessary risks so that they can make it our fault rather than theirs when a second wave of infections hits. But look, we know how this virus works now. We've been dealing with it for a long time. We know what to do to minimise risks and exposure. So just keep doing the things that minimise risks, OK? Okay, stay safe, stay happy, wear a damn mask, and I'll see you in another couple of weeks with another one of these. All right, bye-bye.